Not all sunshine. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, written by Judy Barrett, drawn by Ron Barrett, published by Athenium Books for Young Readers. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a tale that a grandpa is telling his grandkids about a faraway land where the weather patterns are a town's only source of food. There is a movie that is loosely based on the book that came out in 2009 with the same title, and it did well enough to justify a sequel in 2013 called Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. Let's see if this book is better than the movie. The book opens in black and white. It's a Saturday morning and the two children are sitting at the table while Grandpa is flipping pancakes and Mom makes juice. It makes you wonder where Dad is. Did he die in a horrific accident? Or is he a deadbeat dad who ditched his family for a side piece that is nearly 20 years younger than him? I guess he could just be out of town for work, but I doubt it. Well, the family dog chasing a cat through the kitchen sets off a chain of events, tripping Grandpa, causing him to smack the one child named Henry with a flapjack. And Henry looks traumatized. But don't worry, they sort it all out and have a nice family breakfast. You don't know who it is exactly, but it turns out someone in the family won't drop the incident. So as his granddaughter and grandson are getting ready for bed, Grandpa decides to tell them, quote, the best tall tale bedtime story he'd ever told. End quote. See, that's disappointing. Don't tell me it's a tall tale. Lean into making this story seem more real. The book turns to color pictures as Grandpa explains that there's a tiny town far away called Chew and Swallow. That's an awful name for a town. They couldn't think of a better name like The Land of Good and Plenty or Harvest Skies or a heap and helpin'. He explains that this town does not grow or buy its own food. They just wait for it to fall from the skies. Curiously, the food falls three times a day, giving them three square meals. Grandpa goes on to brag about how great it is, saying it would rain soup, sunny side up eggs, or even frankfurters already between the buns. See, I've never been a fan of this concept. Could you imagine all the climate fatalities? It would be awful to have scolding hot soup rain down on you. Or to clean up sunny side eggs. The stench would be awful after a couple of hours. Or worse, looking up and getting slapped in the face with a wiener. Grandpa goes on to show just that. That the weather patterns just got worse and worse. From overcooked broccoli to massive pancakes that covered the whole school. It even rained massive pickles and it shows one crashing into a lady's kitchen. The amount of death and destruction must have been overwhelming. How did Doug die? A massive Big Mac came right down on top of him. I guess fast food really does shorten life. The very thing that gave these people life is taking it away now. So the people of Chew and Swallow create makeshift rafts out of peanut butter sandwiches, and they sail away becoming refugees in a faraway land making shanties out of the peanut butter rafts, never to return to their homeland. The book states, quote, 
The biggest change they had to make was getting used to buying food at a supermarket. End quote. Could you imagine the shock? I don't know how these people would make it. I mean, the biggest reason you work in life is to feed yourself, and they never had to do that. Did they get to the shores and sit there and go, Well, that was tough. Where's food? Did these people get taught how to survive from the native people, like the pilgrims from the Native Americans? The biggest shocker to me is this town's lack of curiosity. They never bother to find out why the food was raining down on them, or why it suddenly went awry. Maybe it was the land they sailed to, shooting all their leftovers at this tiny town. Does this book have a deeper meaning about communism and being given food? Or climate change affecting people? Or refugees and the different reasons they leave their land? Absolutely not. In fact, I don't believe there was a moral to this book. It's just a way to get you to fantasize about something that seems like it would be cool, and then make you realize that it wouldn't be all sunshine and lollipops. The story ends in black and white, kind of like The Wizard of Oz. And the children are pretending snowfall and the sunset is food. If the book didn't say that this whole story was a tall tale, I would have assumed Grandpa was one of the refugees, because he looks like a bald kook, with the only hair he has left sticking out all over the place, and he's quite overweight, almost as if he was just eating an overabundance of food falling right from the sky. In this case, I'm going to say that the movie is better than the book, because Judy's writing was rambling and should have been trimmed down quite a bit. It also missed key details, but I will give her credit for her imagination, and Ron's pictures added a great sense of humor, showing newspaper titles and the chaos the food was creating. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 3.6. I'll have a heap and helpin' and go back for seconds. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.